Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker, and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hi. So (laughs) glad to be with you today. Great to see you. Great to see your smiling face. So today, let's talk about what we're going to have a chat about. The topic is the artist's walk of faith. So how do we walk in faith as an artist? And we'll we'll kind of unpack a bit of that wording, but I'm going to throw to you because this is something dear to your heart as well. Mm, very dear to my heart. Once you put your feet in the circle, right? Once you decide that you are indeed an artist, and let's say you want to take that artistry into the world in a bigger way, you want to become more visible, you want to start creating an income from your artistry, and you finally believe in yourself enough that you're ready to walk out in the world. To me, this is such a walk of what is my artistry asking for? Where is it wanting to go? Almost as if your art is a person. Where do you want to go? What is calling for us now? Where do you want me to go? Where would I go? It's like a conversation of faith because every time that I've been asked to grow, everything that I need has been provided for me. Even if I was a single parent trying to figure out how I was gonna pay the rent, if I needed a new microphone, I knew that I could go and get one. And it has been that kind of walk for me. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today because to me, this beautiful place of finding out what you need to be doing, what is mine to do here is such a great question to always ask, but what is my artistry wanting to do? And I can tell you some stories, but I just want to throw it back to you for Mm -mm. a second about um, how does that resonate with you? Well, I've had the joy and the honor of being alongside you as you have practiced your artistry now for virtually six years. And it feels like it's been an honor to be so inside your circle. And I've been able to witness this experience that you have, and I find it inspiring. I think one of the things that gives me reason to pause is the word faith. And my language around this would be the walk of the trusting heart. And that's just a spin on what you're saying. But for me, the word faith is so, it's so loaded. And, you know, I just want to declare I came from Church of England background, never had much religion. And I know we've talked a little bit about this, but for me, faith means something about blindness, not knowingness. It's uh, a putting your intellect to one side and blindly adopting someone else's ideas. And I know that's not what faith means and definitely not what it means to you, but it's kind of the sense I get when I think of that word. It's way too closely aligned to organized religion for me that mm-hmm. it, it causes me to kind of, you know, twitch a little bit. So if I call it the walk of the trusting heart, I think it means the same thing. Yes, and I so agree with you. To me, faith is just really simple, believing in something, believing in in yourself, believing in your artistry. You know, is there a divine plan? Is there something bigger than myself that Mm. I can hook into? Trust is the walk that we do with that belief. So if you don't have a belief in a higher power, that's fine. You can just believe in yourself and in your artistry. Yeah, It's the same thing. I have faith in my artistry. That's how I frame it. And trust is the action of that faith in the world. And, and you know what? 
when it comes down to it with this walk with the divine, which I call the beloved divine, I think Reverend Michael Beckwith, who is my mentor, he calls it love beauty. That's his name for the divine, love beauty, mm-hmm. which any artist would be able to grab onto. And this beautiful benevolent presence is not separate from me. It's part of me. It's in my heart. Just like you said, the heart walk of faith, of trust, you know, that's the same thing. It's just words we're tumbling over, which is just fine. Because to me, the words are what have kept us separate from a lot of good stuff. And as we just realized, they've just been used, like the word God is used for everything. It's just like a throw out there for everything. And uh, there's so much more to that story. Yeah. And I believe that what we're talking about is a concept that is so underpinning of us as artists that it's just important to maybe shine the light on some things would stop people from leaning in. And so it's really mm-hmm. just, I guess, a, an opportunity to speak to people who might be listening who do have a slightly different take on the words that we're using and are helping them find a way of connecting to the concepts perhaps and not getting stopped at the door by the mm-hmm. word that we might use or how we phrase it. So Absolutely. I, I want to hear more from you about what this means this walk of faith or walk of the trusting heart that you bring to life and you help others really engage with. Because I think the money story that artists deal with is very real. It can thwart us in our art practice. It can thwart us in life and the way that we want to bring our art into the world. So it's a really important topic. And I want to hear more from you about this. Well, I first want to just say that to me, the fundamental part of this walk is use what you have, you know, whatever you have right now, you can use. Uh, Because I have heard many musicians say, well, when I have this piece of equipment, when I have a record contract, when I have some studio time, then I will write a song. And it's so backwards to me. To me, if you are driven, if you are pulled to create, your job is to create. (laughs) You know, that's your job. If you want to think about the great artists in the sky, or you want to think about what you have been given to do here, to me, I am just speaking from my own experience. I know that I am completely supported with anything that I need every time, all the time. So I'm going to just speak into this a little bit with some stories, because I think that might help people grab onto what I'm, I'm saying a little bit more. I was working as an assistant to the music ministry at Agape International Spiritual Center here in Culver City, Los Angeles. And this is a huge community, let's say 4,000 people. And I was there serving the vision of this place. And a man came one night, and I, I think his name was Serrano Kelly, and he presented the game to us. And he asked that question, if you only had three months to live, what would you be doing? And I had such an opening of an aha moment, like, oh my God, I have written all these children's songs and they're just sitting then on my shelf. I need to get them in the LA Unified School District because if I am going to pass in three months, I better hurry up, right? So the game was you had a partner for 60 days. You had to set out what you were going to do that day towards your goal, towards that desire of your heart, right? And you had to give yourself a consequence and a reward, both. And the only thing your partner would do, you would check in with your partner and say, this is what I'm doing today. 
this is my reward and this is my consequence. And it was very, uh, let me say, it was very masculine creating, but it was very enlivening and empowering for me. And by the end of those 60 days, I had a whole list of people I needed to talk to at LA Unified School District. And my artistry started saying, it's time to leave this job. It's time to do this full time. It's time to really step out. And I know that that has happened to a lot of our listeners when, or maybe they're there right now, when it's like, oh, oh, you know, stepping off, stepping off, (laughs) (laughs) stepping into the great unknown. So it took a lot of trust in myself and in what, what I was doing. And so I just began and we started doing this project in schools called This Is Where I Live, where we'd go in and teach all the elementary levels songs. I had a whole team working with me and I was like, wow, this is so cool. What I am here to do is playing out. Well, the whole thing fell apart when uh, we went into a crash here in 2008 and I got a, a message one day. We had 17 schools sign up. And we were right in the middle of about three schools. And we got a notice that we were to stop all the programs. And everything closed down. We ended up stopping that program. We lost a house, Michael and I, my husband and I, we had to close down our studio. And it just felt like everything was all right. Everything went to whatever you want to call it. And I had to do some really deep soul searching at that time. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. What happened? And when I started really going deeper with what am I to do, I realized that I really wanted to start writing adult songs. And so I started doing that, just simply doing that. And here we were, we still had a studio going. And I was like, well, I want this person, that person, and this person to be on this recording. It was my CD one with the one. And I decided to step out and hire them. And by the time they came into the studio to do their work, I had the money to pay them. Mm. It was just amazing. To me, it was such a a demonstration of how we are to continue to walk forward and keep asking the artistry, keep asking this beautiful presence that's here, that's creating through you, what's next? You know, what's next? And that that album turned into be a beautiful opening for a a lot of live gigs for me throughout all of uh, the United States and especially throughout California. So that's one story. That's a fantastic story. I think what it demonstrates is an incredible arc of journey that you've been through. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind talking a bit about the dip, because the dip is where we can come unstuck, that Mm -hmm. feeling that we're doing what we're meant to be doing, and yet we fail, or what our endeavor is fails And people have probably had that experience who might be listening because this can be something like nothing else that can stop us dead. And I've had this in my life where I've been pursuing something that I was absolutely certain was mine to do and not just an ego thing but a deep soul thing and that fell apart. And it was really devastating because I felt like I'd been listening to the voice of Mm -hmm. my soul and without reason it had not come about. And I think that a few words of what you did when you hit the dip, because we can talk through it really quickly and it sounds like it was easy and I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't easy. But if you think about all the times that you had a dip like that, 
what happens is you have to deepen in your belief in yourself. Talk about a faith walk. That's what happens with any kind of faith walk is you will be faced up with what you think is a failure or a, a something that you put up that if this happens, then that means I am an artist and somebody has validated me. I'm, I'm just speaking from my own point of view. But I had to go much deeper into that. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And the thing is, I didn't really process that till much later, mm. I have to say. Because mm. at that time, and I think you can relate to this, Michelle, that there's still this movement underneath going, but I got to do the next painting. I got to do the next song. I got to I gotta keep singing. I got to keep playing the piano. I, I don't know what that is, but it was the same thing that got me into the studio to see my very first demos. And I listen to them now going, what did she think she was doing? I mean, how did she think she was good at all? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that this aspect of... It's almost trauma that we get when we mm -hmm. feel we're on the path and then we seem to fail. And some of those words are very loaded and I'm using them very carefully and cautiously, but that is what it feels like in our skin. I wonder if, you know, for me, when I've had that experience, it has been, as you describe it, a reason to drop deeper and look for perhaps meaning or knowledge that's below what we thought we were working with or below what we thought was the message we were responding to. And it is in that deeper moment, but it takes a lot of courage to be still and to actually not jump into the judgment. So it's very easy. And mm -hmm. I'm talking very much from my personal experience. It was easy for me to shift and go, well, that then means, so you said that phrase, mm -hmm. What we do is when things appear to unravel and fall apart, we then make it mean something. Then that becomes a belief and that belief then actually causes future activity to conform to that belief. So if my belief is, well, I'm not worthy of mm -hmm. dot, 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 then I hold that belief and then things will present themselves and become evidence that that is true. You know, the universe is incredible like that. It just mirrors mm -hmm. stuff. So this is where, for me, I get really interested in neurobiology and the whole power of beliefs. And we discount our thinking and our, and our emotions to our detriment, I think, sometimes. We think that it's all on the outside and all in the cognitive brain, but it's not so much of this stuff is happening at the deeper levels of our unconscious and subconscious. And what I've witnessed in you is this, congruence between the conscious, unconscious, and subconscious that this is yours to do. Mm. Thank you. I, I take that as the highest compliment. <laughs> but I have to say that I don't think these things happen by happenstance. Just like you said, there are things that we have to clear up in our thinking, in our old belief system. We have to bring those along with us. But also, to me, it's happening because we need to believe deeper. We need to have a deeper faith in ourselves because most of the time, I think when we're first out there, we're really looking for a lot of recognition outside of ourselves to validate what we're doing. If a whole bunch of people clap at a performance, that means that I'm doing good, right? If so many people like me on Facebook or whatever, that means that I'm doing well. But still, that little self-doubt has not been dealt with. And to me, these experiences are not by accident. They are really to ask us again, is this really what you want? Is this mm -hmm. really what you're here to do? Mm -hmm. And 
I call it spiritual coin because as you start believing in yourself, you get more courageous, you start to take more risks, you start to walk out there on those skinny branches and throw some spaghetti on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And see if it sticks. I mean, it helps you to keep going with what you're doing and then you build more strength. But to me, if those things didn't happen, like right before I was taking this all out into the the universe, all these kids songs, I did a walk of faith and I bought a whole bunch of CDs, whole bunch. I just said, I'm gonna fill these up because they're gonna be gone in a year. And right after that, the crash happened. So I gotta tell you about 10 years later, I had to go back and do some mourning, some real deeper work on that. And I was told that these children's songs were gonna find their own way. And it really wasn't any of my business of how they did that. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, that was internal inquiry. And that the reason that I was asked to write these, because I was asked to write them, I had a divine directive to write them, was for me. It was just for me. <laughs> it was for me to learn to learn about songwriting and also to learn because all of them are teaching songs. So I learned a whole lot. I went to school. And, so what was your initial reaction when you bought all those CDs thinking you would you would fill them up and sell them? And then the crash happened. Did you have some attachment to what that then meant initially that you had to unravel? Was there some message in there that you went to that was perhaps not so helpful? It took me a long time to get there, you know, because I was devastated. The whole thing was devastating. Yeah. It really was. And we had become really good friends with the manufacturer. We had helped them tune up some of their systems to really get their replications really sounding well. And, you know, I had to go back there and ask for forgiveness because we had, we basically had declared bankruptcy, which means all your bills, you don't have to pay them. And that's what happened. It happened to a lot of us in that way. And when I went back, I found there was so much sorrow. There was so much sorrow for me. And it wasn't something that I could just gloss over. I really Mm -hmm. had to deal with that sorrow. But that also is part of the spiritual coin, I'm going to call it. It's mine to do. And the journey, the journey is precious. Yes. I feel that people listening that might be, you know, struggling in some aspect of their money side of their artistry, that this is such an interesting thing that we need to recognize. It's not all on the surface. It's what we absorb from our society and what we have absorbed from our family and what we absorb from various experiences as adults that's all wired into us. And then that is what we see more of in the world. And what you've demonstrated with that story for me, listening to it again, is, you know, my my heart just goes, oh, when I hear about the bankruptcy. And, you know, we were on the other side of the world and so many tough things happened for good people around the world, including in Australia. But obviously it was happening at such high rates in the US. And there was just this sort of, vicarious gut punch that people were yeah were experiencing so hearing you talk about that but then for it to be able to mean you went further and deeper with your journey and with your journey as an artist is a really an amazing story you know you experienced a lot of floods right last year and how many this year, how many only this six year. months ago Oh my goodness. I, know. I can't believe it's only been six months, but 
the stories that you told me of people losing their complete studio, you lost some of your main uh, pieces of equipment. And maybe those stories too will start coming up now of what's happened to those artists and how have they resurrected their artistry in the midst of adversity. Mm. We do it over and over again. Yeah. And one of these things that we, you know, we've talked about the bankruptcy and I think that on a smaller scale, there's just a general ambient anxiety around money and income that a lot of artists struggle with. So it doesn't have to be such a, you know, big catastrophic thing, but it can just be this wearing ongoing background drain of money worries that I feel we really need to recognize as artists. And I get really passionate because Artists generally, for the amount of life experience and mastery that they bring, the general stats is something around 25 to 30% less than peers in other fields. And if you're a woman artist, it's 20 to 30% less than the male colleagues in your field. So you've got these real issues about questions that we need to face about why don't we ask for what we're worth? And some of that is our beliefs about our artistry and our own inner worth that gets externalized in the money and income, the way that we do our lives. And I think hearing your story that you're not focused on income, a lot of people are, you're focused on belief that you're supplied and resourced in doing Mm -hmm. your artistry. Can you talk a bit more about feeling utterly supported in that way that things will be taken care of financially. You know, I I would love to talk about that. And I want to start by saying, if you're having a hard time being visible, it's really easy to hide behind the money. Wow. Okay. Yep. I hear you. You know, (laughs) you know, this is a teaching that just come through just in the last couple of weeks is like, go towards a desire, not can I afford it? Can I afford it? is not the right question. The question is, what is this in my heart? The trusting heart, what is it? Do I need a new set of color paints? What do I need in order to do this? Going for that rather than can I afford it is such a different energy because the desire will always find a way to fulfill itself. That's what I know. And I really believe we're all supplied no matter what. We're looking from a certain place or a certain way It's time for letting those things go too, that it's not going to happen maybe as you think, but if you do your work and if you are absolutely in integrity with what you're doing, it might be showing up somewhere else completely. I've seen this happen with you, Michelle. (laughs) It's my story. I totally hear you. Can I just put a little sidebar note that you've sort of said, don't let the money thing stop you from doing your thing. I'd also say don't let your lack of the latest watercolor set stop you from doing your thing. Yes. Because I feel that sometimes, certainly in the visual arts, there's a whole aspect of making art where people get stopped. They get kind of constipated around Mm -hmm. not having enough. And can I just say, That energy of not having enough paints, not having enough brushes, not having enough substrates, not having enough, not having enough is just a thing. It's a a belief. And Mm -hmm. I'd really point to that. If you're listening and that resonates, look deeper about where that belief came from because we can get going with whatever we've got. And that's what you opened with 
that's the story right. that you said. Start now with what you've got. And let's add another one. It's, there's not enough time. Oh, yeah, that's one. my personal one. <laughs> that, that's a big one. Yeah, which is it, it doesn't really have to be the truth for you. No. Unless you decide. Unless you decide it is. And I know. That and I just want to stuff- declare that it used to be mine. So I actually I said that it's mine, but I've actually been doing a lot of work on it not being mine. And I have more than enough time, energy, money and resources to do everything mm-hmm. I want. That's been my mantra. And I feel that that has stood me in really good stead because it is really important to have that belief. That is a faith builder. What you just said? It, I, that's a faith builder. It is. Okay. It's a, it's a building of the trusting heart. I totally get yes. it. And I share that with people who do my Money Mojo course. I have more than enough time, money, energy, resources, love, support. That phrase, whatever matters to you, if you say it, and I know that some people go, oh, mantras, I don't get them or I don't think they work for me. It's about saying it and actually feeling into the energy of it as being true and spacious. So what would it feel like if I had enough time, money, energy, support, resources? Oh, it feels like that. It feels expansive. It feels in my body feels calm. I feel anything's possible. You're actually doing something to your nervous system, which is actually very important. Very important. And we come back to the wiring of our brains and our bodies. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. You're you're creating a new pathway in your brain. You said something before about that that I just wanted to underscore, which is we are wanting to get out of the worry sort of mindset and know in our bodies that this is true. And in doing that, we then generate the experience that, yes, it can be true. And what you said before, which is you've witnessed me do it, my formula, if you like, has been to ask for more of what I need and realize that I ask for less than what I could ask for. So I have a, here's what I think I deserve or here's the limits. And I've noticed that in the last sort of few months that I do limit what I ask for. I can ask for more. I can ask for more support. I can ask for more energy. I can ask for more collectors of my artwork. I can ask for more highly profitable, highly enjoyable work. So people who know me and have perhaps been listening to this podcast for a little while will know that I have a consultancy business which teaches creative thinking to businesses. And that is highly profitable. I can do two days work and receive enough money to keep me supported for a couple of months, maybe two months. And that's been happening more and more. What's really interesting, as I've accepted that, I've just had an experience where I put five works into an exhibition and all five of them sold within four hours of being hung. Mm. One person walked in, said, I want the lot. And that's like, okay, that's another month's income. Awesome. Thank you, universe. So the thing that I had to be really mindful to do was stop, pause, celebrate. Mm -hmm. Stop, pause, celebrate and say, yes, I want more of that, please. Thank you. So it's spilling over. So the the walk, yeah, yeah, the walk of the trusting heart, which is I'm going to be taken care of by finding really good clients who want me to come in and do these short-lived, highly profitable uh, training days. That's spilling over now into my artwork with quite a few really positive things like 
a number of really highly enjoyable commission works and a number of very profitable exhibitions and more teaching, being asked to come in and step in and do more teaching. It's like, yes, that's just the kind of stuff I want to be doing. Please, I'll have more of that. Hallelujah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And, you know, I would really like to leave with this thought that all of us artists are busting the myth now. We're busting the myth of the starving artist. That is our job, you know, that we are asking for more. We're ready to be more visible. We're ready to claim our artistry and believe in ourselves as we never have before, you know, and believe that there's something that drew us to the art in the first place that is completely supporting you, Mm. completely. Mm. And at all levels we're being asked. So I just want to share just a real small snippet of what happened last weekend, which was I got a phone call from the curator of the exhibition. She rang me and I my first question was, did you have a problem hanging? You know, was there a problem? Because I knew she'd been hanging that morning. And she said, no, no, someone wants to buy all of your work. And then the next question was, can they get a job lot, you know, price? for having purchased all five. And I thought about it. And my first inclination was to say, of course. And then I thought about it and I said, no, actually, it's priced really well. It's not at my highest price point. It's priced really well. I'm not going to reduce it anymore. And she went, fine, that's great. And the client said, fine, that's great. (laughs) It was worth them asking just in case. But I stood in my value and thought, Mm -hmm. no, there's some of my better works. They're beautifully framed they're getting a really, really good quality product. I love the price point I've put on them. I, I did that. have to dip down and go, oh, should I be dropping a few hundred bucks off it because they've asked? And then I went, no. You so, can feel it in your belly, right? You yeah, can yeah feel it. Was, it was, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. It was because I was being polite and I was trying to be, you know, agreeable. And I was just conscious of that um, response immediately. And then I, how it felt was like, Oh, oh, and and I felt a little bit of a constriction as right. I was saying it. And then I went, you know what? No, they're getting it at a great price. No. <laughs> so I just feel like, one, it's really important that we honour how we feel. Just because someone asks doesn't mean you have to say yes. That's right. That's probably why women are not doing quite as well as men. I have to just say that. One of the reasons, yes. but I One agree. of the reasons, <laughs> Yeah. That same thing happened to us really recently where we were asked to come and do a special event to do the music for it. And I went in and I found a number and I said, okay, this feels right. And I said, this is what we want. And she said, how about, and she like doubled it, you know, which was just like another kiss, like, whoa, wow. As soon as I step in my value, it comes back to me. It really does. It's really about stepping into seeing yourself as valuable and seeing what you bring as valuable. It doesn't have to be the very best in the world at all. It just has to be yours. (laughs) Absolutely. And it will appeal to someone. It is either for yourself or it's for yourself and someone else. Because I think our artwork is always primarily for ourselves in just, if nothing else, allowing ourselves to express ourselves. So I feel Mm -hmm. that, you know, what we've talked about today, thinking through this concept of how do we do the faith walk of the artist or how do we do the walk of the trusting heart as ourselves as artists is a really important one and we're being called more and more to tap into what we know and if that whole concept is kind of foreign to you then just maybe explore it what does that mean how can you get in touch with your true beliefs 
about your art because it's going to come from somewhere. It's not just happening in your head above your shoulders. It's going to tap into parts of your heart and your gut. So I feel like this has been a really important subject to cover again. We've done other episodes around the money piece as artists, and you can always go and find those ones that talk about profits and and money gremlins and also just the five types of money that we talked about in episode 13. I feel that this is underpinning our whole conversation about being creatives because we need to do it in a way that's sustainable for both us personally and also our artistry. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Jennifer. Any other thoughts that you want to finish on? Anything else that you want to add as we wrap up? I do want to add one thing. What you said, what you know, to me, gives us a strength to go into the unknown because we're being asked to go into the unknown more and more. And as an artist, you're here to expand, <laughs> expand and disrupt and move. And we talked about controversy last time, mm-hmm. but you are somebody that's actually adding to the aesthetics of the world and you're moving energy. And a lot of times you will be asked to go into the unknown. And that's why, to me, these things happen that aren't so beautiful and lovely and take us down to the very core of, wow, am I really going to do this? And starting believing in yourself so that you can continue to get more and more courageous, know yourself, know the value of who you are to go into the unknown. Mm. And if you've been listening to this and really getting more freedom around your money is something that you know you need to do, and we're not talking about becoming overly commercial or chasing the almighty dollar. It's about wanting to get more ease. I use the word profitability because that equals more sustainability for you in your artistry. If that's something that's up for you right now, I invite you to go and follow the link that's in the show notes. The Money Mojo for Artists seven-day challenge is about to open its doors on the 22nd of September. We'll be starting, so that's only a week and a bit away. And I invite you to join us if you're actually ready to do a bit of a dive into what you believe about money and how that might be holding you back because really having freedom and ease around your art business and being able to flourish both creatively and financially is your right. You deserve this. I would encourage you, if you're ready for that, then please join me. Money Mojo for Artists 7-Day Challenge is starting very soon and I invite you to come in and join us. That's really the end of the podcasting year for us, isn't it? So we're we're just letting you know again, we mentioned this in the last episode, but if you're just dipping into this one particular episode, I just want to let you know today happens to be mid-September when this episode comes out. Jen and I are going to take a bit of a pause in the Paintbrush and Ivories podcast, and we're going to be back with you in January 2023. Wonderful. And I just have to tell everybody that if you're at all just even a little bit interested in the Money Mojo with Michelle, go for it. It is fabulous. Just fabulous. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and tap into Michelle's wisdom, and it's brilliant. Thank you for those words of encouragement and support, Jen. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, Jen. And thanks, everyone, for spending your time with us. And we'll talk to you in 2023. Bye for now. We'll see you in the new year. Bye for now.